Guys, I recently started using Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish and explore some new languages. Believe it or not, growing up, my grandpa spoke fluent Mandarin, and I was always very jealous of him when he would surprise people by busting it out at a restaurant. It was very unexpected to see this man speak fluent Mandarin. Learning another language is an amazing skill, and Rosetta Stone makes it easy to do it. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted expert for 30 years, with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's also a great value. I personally got the Lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, so I'm pretty much set. I recommend doing the same. And also, this is a really, really great gift if you want to give something truly special and unique to somebody you care about a lot. No matter what, don't put off learning that language any longer. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, other world listeners get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com otherworld. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This episode is one that started off simple enough, but it ended up becoming very complicated and sort of took over my life for a little bit. I recorded the first interview for this story six months ago, and I've been working on it ever since, interviewing more people for this saga. I actually can't believe I started it six months ago. I'm just realizing that right now. It's one of those that I've spent a lot more time on than normal, but I don't think that I've found any more clarity than I started off with on this story. This is one of those situations where the more you find out about it, the stranger it gets, the more questions you have. Every time you find an answer, five more questions pop up. This started off pretty straightforward. The story came from a guy named Aiden, who is an arborist, and a guy who really does not seem to think about the paranormal that much. It does not fit into his life or his job. But the story comes from a time period when he was a kid and his family lived in this house for two years where they saw a lot of strange things. And it's something that still sticks with him and he thinks back to. When I interviewed Aiden, he basically just started listing off all of these occurrences, one after the other. It wasn't as much of a story as it was a list of all of these strange things. And I could not find a connection between them. There was no through line connecting these events. They're all seemingly unrelated, aside from the fact that they occurred while they lived in this house for two years. It was even hard to categorize some of these. By the time I finished talking to Aiden, I immediately wanted to know more, and I ended up interviewing basically his entire family about this two-year saga. So, this is episode 66, The Fairy House Part 1, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? Is this Bobby? Yes, it is. At, at its core, the science, you can't argue with. Don't a like story it. about All of a sudden. up in the sky. It's almost frustrating that it's happening. I'm literally just, I'm going to die. I'm like, just its okay. limbs were just like wrong. It's just, just there. Everybody moves back into the light, even if it takes them a minute.
My name's Aiden. I live in Richmond, Virginia, which is the capital city of Virginia. I work as an arborist here, so uh, an arborist is basically a, a tree doctor. So I help homeowners take care of uh, the trees on their property. Um, and I've been doing that for about 10 years now um, here in Richmond. So yeah, in 2008, when we got to uh, Virginia, we, were, we moved from Michigan to here. Um, and we, we started renting a house as a family. And that's the house that all of this took place in. We lived all over the place in various different houses, different ages of houses. And I think it's important to stress, this was the newest construction house. You'd always think like the old, uh, you know, like ancient houses are the ones that would have stuff like this. But we lived in houses that were 200 years old, um, you know, like 100 year old houses throughout the country. And move into this one, it was the newest appliances, newest construction. It was, you know, we thought it was going to be really cool to live there. Um, Pretty much right off the bat, it was just a weird experience there. The way I describe the feeling is kind of, I always felt like a sense of stage fright. It's a similar feeling in that, uh, when I was in that house. Um, everyone in my family kind of had the same, like, sort of vibe from it. And we only lived there for about two years, but we were all very happy to get out when we did. Um, the most common thing that I mentioned in the email was these weird sort of like out of the corner of your eye, um, like shadowy figures that would kind of disappear. Like you'd never quite be able to see the, uh, the exact shape or, or size specifically. It was just if, if you were doing something like watching TV, you would see a movement out of the corner of your eye. And when you'd look, it would be just enough to see them duck behind like a wall or behind a piece of furniture, but it was constant. Um, like and everyone in my family saw it all, like all day, every day. It was most common in, in the living room area by the kitchen. There would be a, um, a lofted area between my parents' master bedroom and our bedroom, kind of like a walkway that was open. And we'd be watching TV in the living room and we'd always see these things dart back and forth. Um, and it would always be out of the corner of the eye. You could never like stare at that spot and watch something move by. It would always be when you weren't expecting to, to peek at it. Was this something you were kind of sensing or were you physically seeing something that was in the room? Can you kind of just walk me through what it was like when you would see these shadows? It was very physically there. It's like, um, how do I describe it? Like if you're, if you're watching TV or something and you see someone come through a doorway like that's within your vision, but you're not focusing on that, that part of the, your vision, it's just kind of in the background. You'd see movement there, but once you kind of shifted your focus to look at the movement that you saw, all you would see was like this this mass that kind of looked like a humanoid figure, like dip dip out of the view. Does that make make sense? Similarly, we had a room in our basement that was the uh, kind of like our music studio space. Everyone in my family plays music, so we had a soundproof room. It was kind of like an unfinished portion of the basement that I had my drums in. And every time I'd be playing drums, I would look up thinking that maybe like a family member had come in, but it would always be the same silhouette dipping behind like a piece of um, music equipment, like an amp or uh, the, the water heater was down there. So that, that was like the vast majority of it was always just the sense of being watched by something or that there was something else moving around the house that we could never quite see. Um, my sisters always described it as in Totoro, the, uh, if you've ever seen my neighbor Totoro, the, uh, the clouds of the little dust beings, how they disappear into the light uh, right when you take a look at them. That's how they described them when they were younger. Yeah, on like a daily basis, I was definitely like the angsty teenager, older brother with three younger sisters. Um, and we, we kind of like never really talked about the stuff that we were seeing to each other. Um, on a daily basis, yeah, like my mom was still a stay-at-home mom while we lived here with my uh, youngest sister. So she was there all day, every day. I would go and play the drums every day. And that, that room in particular seemed like it was the most active spot in the house. Like I'd get home from school, go straight down to the basement, play there all the time. Um, and then as a family, we would always gather in this sort of like common the the, uh, the living room area was attached to the kitchen. You could see the front door. It was like a big open space in the house. So that's where the whole family would gather to watch TV together. 
and collectively where we saw a lot of this stuff happen. Yeah, like the one that definitely jumps out is when we were watching TV and there was that that lofted walkway between my parents' uh, bedroom and ours. From where you would sit, you couldn't quite see like the actual floor, the perspective was off, but you could see the, uh, the railing up there. So if you'd be watching TV, the railing would be kind of above uh, where the TV was located. Watching TV one night, I think we were watching like National Treasure or something. You could see just this, this figure moving pretty fast back and forth across the, the walkway. Um, but we'd look up and you would just see like, you know, just this shadow just making it out of view in, in time. It's, 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 it's really hard to kind of visualize um, How many times did you see it? Oh, hundreds of times. At least once a day, um, multiple places in the house. It was, it was constant, from, especially sitting in that living room across that balcony area and where I'd play drums, which was a daily occurrence. It was those two spaces where I saw it all the time. Like, if I was in those rooms, it would happen. Thinking back on it, it was never... Um, it never was like dark or intense or like, are we like, we all just kind of like, we're like, you see that thing again? Like, like, what is that? Like, no one was, no, one, like, as far as I know, no one was very freaked out, at least at first. Um, no one was very concerned by it. It was just kind of like, there it goes again. Like, cause we could never really get a glimpse of it. So it just seemed like it was very uh, benign or benevolent. Like it wasn't, wasn't bothering us, but we would all just be like, saw it, you know, there, there it goes. I never felt like I was in danger in any way. You know, when I would be in that music studio, I'd be by myself and it was like a very isolated space and I would see these things and I would just keep playing, you know, just look up, catch it out of the corner of my eye, look back down, keep playing. My, my sisters would say the same thing, like, you know, playing in their room, they'd see it walk by the door and it was just not, not spooky to us at first. My first thought when I experienced it, specifically playing drums, is that my sisters were much younger at the time and they, they liked to like sneak in and like pretend they were spying on me. And I did catch them once in a while, like peeking from behind uh, like an amplifier to like just mess with me. And so I'd be playing drums looking forward or like I'd be looking down at my drums and I'd see a movement in front of me and looking up, I was expecting to see one of them kind of peering behind the amplifier and try to like spook me or something. But it was never them. It was it was that same scenario of like someone playing playing hide and go seek and like dipping behind something, like keeping an eye on you or me um, until realizing that we see them and then kind of hiding again, uh, like like a little kid playing hide and go seek, where they want to see where you're at and. Uh, you might see like their fingers over the, you know, the back of a couch or something like that, like just enough to realize that somebody's back there, but the movement is what gave it away. For the vast majority of the time there, we just kind of like, not ignored it, but we just acknowledge like, what is that thing? Like everyone keeps seeing it, but like we can never really see it or never catch it or anything like that. So because it wasn't actively engaging with us, we just kind of left it alone let it let it do its thing. Alice is the sister closest in age to me and our rooms were next to each other and the doors were right next to each other too. So what she told me was one morning, I think she said it was Christmas morning um, early, she, uh, she woke up and she was sitting on her bed looking out towards the bedroom, out, out of the bedroom towards the hallway and sees this little, little, character that she described as like a Jawa or something, like a black cloaked figure, just kind of walk into my room and disappear through the doorway. So like from, from where her perspective would be, the door would be on the side of the wall. So once it passed through the doorway, she would lose sight of it. So it just walked into my room, disappeared, never saw it again. But she said clear as day that it was this little cloaked figure that walked into it. Well, it was really freaky to learn that because then my other sister told me independently that she saw a similar thing also in my room. Eileen 
She was in Alice's room, and I don't know the exact time difference or anything, but she saw a very tall hooded figure go into my room. Same walking path and everything, but into my room. But she said it was wearing a white, white cloak, and it was like six feet tall. She thought it was my mom at first wearing a bathrobe and like going to wake me up for school, but I was already gone, and my mom was up and at at work, basically, so... The other distinguishing thing is they both said that they were like hunched over too, like a hunchback shape, not a not a like slender tall figure, but kind of like a hag, like hunched over kind of kind of look. Didn't see a face, it was just a hood. So like these compounding stories was really weird, especially like nothing nothing happened to me individually that I can remember. Um, so I don't I don't know why like my room was the one that had these things walking into it because I never saw them come in. Nothing ever happened to me specifically. So I don't don't know what it would be about, but it was really weird to think about. I can't I was I was not home, but my youngest sister said she saw me uh going down in the basement to go play drums like I normally would. She she said, Oh, I didn't know Aiden is home. To, uh, to my mom, and she's like, well, he's not. He's he's down in Richmond going to a show. Um, but she said, clear as day. She saw me air drumming, which I would normally do, going down to the stairs into the basement. Um, and I, apparently she, you know, she made eye contact with me. I went down there, didn't hear any drums play, obviously, but um, yeah. And she, she'll tell you that to this day that I was I was there and I went downstairs right by her and and greeted her and you know yeah like like it was it was me but it was, I wasn't there Emily being the youngest who had that experience one thing that I can bring up about her that she doesn't remember is when she was probably preschool age when we lived in this house she'd be playing all the time like in the living room area. Um, and she would very often be playing and then look up into the corner at something, drop her toys, come walk over and like sit by your side and say like the shadow was freaking her out. She would say that all the time. She does not remember this, but everyone in my family remembers her saying like the shadow's making me feel weird. Like I'm going to gonna hang out with you. But we would, we would see her like be playing, look up at something and kind of like back away slowly. But we always kind of assumed at the time that it was whatever we were seeing. It just kind of scared her a little more because of her age. But who knows? Like it could have been could have been more than that. My parents uh, got a Ouija board, decided they were going to play around with it. Um, and I think it was pretty much right when we moved into this house that she decided she was going to break it out just for fun. I think maybe she had gotten a sense of sort of the energy in the house and thought, why not? Let's see what, what happens. So I think all of the kids had gone to sleep that night and my parents decided to break it out in the living room and just see what happened. They got two names from it. One of them I know was Giles and I can't remember the other one. Um, and they said, look, that's all that happened was that it spelled out these two, two names and they it said it went from, you know, they opened it, got the names and closed it and they thought it was just a quick session when they looked at the clock it was like two and a half hours had gone by and they thought they had just put the kids to bed and opened it up but it was like middle of the night at that point like way into the night so yeah big big amount of unaccounted for time associated with it Uh, i don't think they broke it out again after that there was there was a like a one instance as a family that we had that really kind of like shifted the uh the energy around it, I think, like the like our, our family's energy towards this. Um, that, that's when like the stuff that we were seeing maybe took on a different form in our minds. Like at first it was just these little like things that we'd see around the house, but um, there was one like group sighting of like some sort of ghost spirit or something that we saw as a family that really kind of shifted the, uh, the atmosphere of the, the situation. Eileen, in like elementary school, got really into fairies and building fairy houses. And I think she got like a book at her school library about, it was all, you know, 
kind of silly, like fake stuff for kids, but she got really into it and decided she was going to start building fairy houses in the woods. And I have pictures I can send you this too. She was making them out of sticks and moss and creating structures in our backyard to welcome fairies into our yard, basically. She thought it was really cool. And we thought nothing of it at the time. It was, it was cute. Um, but one night we were all playing, we were either watching TV or playing Uno or something like that. We were in my parents' bedroom hanging out and we look out the window and where Eileen's fairy house is in the backyard, there's a glowing light coming from it. And we're all like, what, what are we looking at right now? Like, yeah, my job nowadays is to look at trees all day, every day. And I've never seen a glowing yellow light emanate from a tree at any any point in my career. Like, that's just not something that trees do. And it was specifically coming from the base of the tree where she had built this little hut up against it. And the, by hut, I mean, it was probably like a foot tall, like for a quote unquote fairy to live in, like a tiny little little thing. And we're all like, what? what are we looking at right now? Like surely someone, like some neighborhood kid, like was messing with Eileen and put like a tea light or something in that to kind of spook her. But as we're looking at it, to look into the backyard, you have to look kind of over um, a big back deck. There's a deck connected to the house and then the backyard. As we're looking at the fairy light, um, we see this figure on our back porch sitting in a chair and we all are like, what's that? And, um, as we look at it, it is this clear image of a man sitting in one of our chairs on the back deck with one leg crossed, wearing a wide brim hat, um, just sitting there staring kind of straight in front of himself, like not looking up at us, but looking straight ahead. And he's, he's like perfectly, you know, it's, it's definitely like a person, but he's kind of got this glowing blue atmosphere to him and you can see through him. The best way I could describe it is like how the ghosts look in the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. Like like a quintessential like ghost look. And he's just sitting there and we're like my entire family is seeing this together. All of my siblings, my my uncle who was there at the time saw it, both my parents. And so we're all like freaking out like what what is that? So I I run downstairs to try to get onto the back deck because I want to see it like up close and personal. And by the time I get to the back deck, he's disappeared. But what my sisters told me recently is that as I was making my way down to the back deck, he looked up and looked at them directly and then vanished in front of them. I never saw that because I was running to the, to the deck to see him, but he just looked up, like moved his head, looked at them and then poof, gone. The light, I, I want to say the light went out too when he was gone. Like it, they were somehow connected. Um, and I think she might've taken the fairy house down after that. <laughs> we were all like kind of, I wouldn't say panicking, but we all just kind of like sat down. Like what, what did we just see? Like that was, it went from zero to a hundred kind of like we had just seen these little figures walking around, um, and then it went from like a full-blown, went from that to a full-blown visualization of something like that obviously made itself very present to us. Like we were all together for it and it came out right there in a like very open space. But then we just kind of went about the rest of the evening kind of like elevated heart rates a little bit. That night, um, my sisters and myself, we were trying to go to sleep, but... All night, we kept hearing what sounded like kids playing on a playground is the best way I could describe it. Like, it, was, it sounded distant, but it was also like in the room with us as we're trying to fall asleep. It just sounded like, like chatter and, and like kids laughing and people talking, but it was indistinguishable. There were no like actual words you could hear or anything like that. It was just this sound that was kind of resonating in our rooms. Uh, it sounded like it was outside, like far away, but it also sounded like it was coming from inside the room. And that was all night and it was just really freaky. I I just kind of fell asleep at a certain point, but talking to my sisters, they all said that they like were like crying through the night, like they were that freaked out by it. And it eventually they fell asleep and it went away, but it it lasted until we all fell asleep. And it was that it was only happened that one night that we all heard it together. 
you know, there's just all sorts of stuff kind of layered on top of itself, you know. I want to know what your sister was doing with the fairy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fairy stuff is is fascinating to me. And, it, and she's the one who kind of brought it up most recently. Like, I wonder if um, building that house was a was an invitation in some way, like some sort of opening of something. Because that's when it, like, her building that house and seeing that was definitely like, it, it, it shot up whatever was happening from like zero to a hundred. And then when the house went away, it kind of went back to normal level, but it seemed like it was an amplifier or something. All right, we'll be right back after this quick break. I've said before that I do not get scared while making this show. But what does scare me is having to log into my bank account or pay attention to my personal finances in any way. I know that's bad, and I know that it does not make sense. But legitimately, what has recently helped me is using Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that takes all of your accounts, organizes it into one place, and helps you get everything under control. I feel a lot better using it, and I'm no longer stressed. Also, Rocket Money finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm not kidding when I say that I recently discovered that me and my graphic designer, Colin, were getting charged $150 a month by a design service we didn't even realize we were paying for. I wish that was a joke. Sadly, it's true. We canceled it and are no longer paying for this. Thanks to Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. Rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology. And Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, on your own terms. I've personally tried so many website platforms, and I could tell you that Squarespace is by far the easiest to use. Their fluid engine makes creating a website super intuitive no matter how tech-savvy you are. Another great thing about Squarespace is that they have an online store. So whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And also, you could even create and design your own merch on Squarespace, and they'll handle the production, inventory, and shipping for you. And trust me when I say, doing that all yourself is a lot of work. So having Squarespace handle it for you is a big deal, and it's also a great low-risk way to start selling merch. So pretty much whatever you could possibly need for your website, Squarespace has you covered. Go to squarespace.com otherworld for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use code otherworld to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com otherworld. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Work out, read a book, Maybe start a project that you've been telling yourself you would do forever. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to figure out how to make time for those meaningful things is to figure out if maybe there's some things you're wasting your time on that aren't so meaningful. Therapy can help you figure out what matters to you so you could do more of it. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super easy, and convenient. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You could switch therapists at any time if you want. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com otherworld to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot otherworld. I hate dealing with my cat's litter box. I'm pretty sure everybody else feels exactly the same way. If you don't, It's kind of weird. The less I have to think about it, the better. And 
I'm sure Merlin agrees. Sometimes I accidentally walk in on him while he's using the litter box, and it's very embarrassing for both of us. He looks very vulnerable in there. I always feel terrible. Pretty Litter absorbs smells so well and lasts for so long that I could truly forget about it. I could go days without scooping it or checking in. He could do his thing, and I don't have to worry about it. When I do clean up, it's very easy. There's no dust or smell. It's super simple. And of course, the litter changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in Merlin, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have to have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up the room. So, Pretty Litter keeps tabs on your cat's health and keeps odors down. I think you and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as me and Merlin do. Go to prettylitter.com otherworld and use code otherworld to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com otherworld. Use the code otherworld to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So my name is Eileen. I'm Eden's sister. And I'm Alice. I'm Eden's other sister, and we currently live in Virginia. But the events that we're going to talk about also took place in Virginia, but in, I think it was like 2008, 2009. So... When we first moved into this house in 2008, literally like the first night we stayed in this house, we didn't have any power. And so just to add to the creepiness, there was no power. And I remember we were sleeping up in Alice's room and I just remember hearing just so much, there's lots of noise. And it was almost like if you were, would walk into like a cafeteria and just hear like a bunch of people talking. It was just that kind of noise, but it would be down in like the kitchen area. And it was just this really loud noise. And this is a noise that we would hear for the rest of the time living in this house. And I also remember my little sister at the time, she was about four years old. And so she doesn't remember this, but I remember her when we were in this room in the pitch black on the first night there, she's uncontrollably sobbing and pointing at the wall and just like pointing at things and that really freaked me out (laughs) as like a little kid I was like eight years old and it was just very creepy yeah the first night there she just like she just kept crying pointing at things and it's also just pitch black and we're like okay what is she saying this is creepy but also this house was like brand new like really pretty it didn't look like anything that would have like looked like an old house or like a haunted house or anything like that. But yeah, from the beginning, we felt something was off about the house. It was like a feeling like you're never alone, like something was there with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know what Aiden talked about, but I would see figures a lot out of the corner of my eye. And... I could never get like a full look at it, but I would see them usually going into my brother's room. It was like a hunched over figure and it was kind of short. So I would think it was my mom like walking in her bathroom or something, <laughs> but it it wasn't because I would go check and there was nothing there. And yeah, it was creepy. And Eileen saw a similar. Well, so there was one instance, I woke up really early in the morning as little kids usually do. We're always up really early. I felt I was always just up and ready to go. And I went into Alice's room and she was still asleep. And so I sort of just like wedged my body in between her body and the bed frame. And I'm just kind of chilling out. And then sort of like in my peripheral, I see this really tall, white, hunched back figure walking very slowly into my brother's room. And it it almost looked like it had a hood over itself. And I just remember turning and looking and thinking like, what the heck? That was just, what, what was that? And so I immediately got get off the bed and I walk over to his room and the door is shut and everything. And I'm just really confused. And I kind of just keep that to myself. I don't really tell anybody what I saw. But then fast forward a couple months later, it's Christmas morning and we're opening up stockings again in Alice's room. And... I remember just looking down. I'm like opening up my presents. This is like super early in the morning. And Alice out of nowhere goes, what was that? And I immediately just jump. And at this point, I'm already accepting that there, there have been ghosts in this house. So I panic. And I was like, what, what, what did you see? And she was like, I just saw this like small 
little hunchback figure walk into Aiden's room. And immediately I just was like, wait, what? Because I, all that did was really confirm what I saw was definitely something because she, the way she described it was pretty much the exact same thing that I saw. But there was something about how it always would go into my brother's room that which was really kind of interesting. Yeah, there's something about Aiden's room. I don't know. Yeah, something about what his room. What was up with his room? It was always like his room and then the basement, which was the other creep. It was probably the creepiest part of the house. I hated going down there. Yeah, we would always just hear. It's kind of hard with this kind of story because we lived in this house and it was an everyday sort of occurrence. It was just things happening all the time. So there was, at the end, we have like the one big story that we all saw, but and like and on, on, on an everyday basis, it was just random. We would just hear noises or we would see things like move really fast past us. Um, there was one time I remember yeah. looking out and we had one of those little balconies where you could like kind of dangle your feet over and see like the out, like the downstairs area. And I just remember looking over, I see the pantry door open by itself and then just close by itself. And just little things like that where I would just see doors open and close. And I think you're probably gonna talk to my mom too, but she also experienced this feeling of just, this overwhelming feeling of someone just watching you. Yeah, and she, like we'd have to, we'd be at school. And so she was the one at the house alone and she hated being there, but she'll she'll talk about that. And there was one story that my dad told me. It was about one o'clock in the morning. He's laying on the couch, everyone's asleep and he's watching TV, just like, watching TV and then out of nowhere he hears the sound of little children laughing but it's almost that sound of children laughing from like a distance at like a playground sort of like that sort of sound but he's hearing it directly behind the couch (laughs) He, he pauses the TV and he listens really closely and he's like what am I hearing right now he thinks it's my little sister and I playing a joke on him or something um and he gets up he looks behind the couch there's nothing there but he just immediately just goes back upstairs. He checks on us to see if we're all asleep, we're sleeping. And that just really spooked him out. And this, my dad is a big guy. Like he usually doesn't get spooked easily. And that really creeped him out. Just the sound of little kids laughing behind our couch. So I feel like the, the ghosts that we came in contact with were all different types of ghosts. Like there were like children. There was, a, we, yeah, there wasn't just saw, one like, thing. A, a man ghost. Yeah. It was never just one thing. And I also felt like there were these weird like creature things that we would see as well, like the little hooded figures. So I've always had a passion about building fairy houses when I was little. I just loved fairies and just everything about them. And so I think it all started for me when I saw this video when I was a kid. It was a documentary called The Fairy Faith. That's when I got super interested in them. I also just had a very big imagination as a kid. So There was one day my dad and I decided to go out into the woods and we were going to make this really like massive fairy house. And I was super excited about it. And we go out into the woods, we collect all our like supplies. We get a bunch of bark, moss, like like sticks, all different types of things. And we're going to make this fairy house. And I'm like super like believing that this is going to like, you know, fairies are going to come into this house and everything. And so nighttime comes and I keep looking out the window and then suddenly I see that there is a little light inside the house. It's like this yellow light that's flickering. The thing about the fairy light is, so my dad put, the the light in the fairy house was actually a candle that my dad put in there, but then there were other lights. So that's what, I think he got the story a little bit confused. Yeah, like my dad just wanted her, her to believe in it. And he's like very imaginative. Yeah. So he, like I knew as a kid too, like he was putting a candle in there. So we're all looking out there, excited for Eileen to go see these fairies, right? But we see like something else. Yeah, so as we're looking, so I gather my siblings' attention. I'm like, oh my God, the fairies are here. And so we all go up into my parents' bedroom, which they have this big window that looks right out into the backyard. And we're all gathered up there. And suddenly, like, I'm looking out at these lights and I point to the side of the yard. I see this whole other patch of glowing lights. And I was like, wow, they're even over there. And my dad is like looking really confused, like very puzzled, like because he knew that he only put lights inside the fairy house. Like that was just one little thing he did. But 
suddenly now there's like this whole other patch of lights to the side of the house and they're just sitting in the grass and they're glowing. And then out of nowhere, Alice goes, who is that? Yeah, while everyone's looking at the lights, I'm noticing this other thing that's like on our deck. And I was just staring at it because I was like, what am I looking at? But it was like a figure of a man. And what color was he? He was like whitish with, he kind of had like a green tint to him, but it was like translucent. We look out the window and we just see this man sitting in in one of our back deck chairs. He's sitting in this chair. He looks like he's just chilling there. And he's, but he's the thing is though, he was transparent, but he had a profile, but he was illuminated. And he was, I would say like what you would probably, the way that you would think a ghost would look like. It was just like illuminated. He was kind of like this greenish color, sort of a yeah, a white greenish color. And yeah, he was just like what you think of when you're thinking of a ghost is kind of. Yeah, but he was looking down at something and then looking back up at us and then looking down looking back up and it's almost like he was reading a newspaper or something it looked like he was busy and then he also had like a cabbie hat on like some like an old vintage like cabbie hat so we always like to say we saw a civil war soldier in our backyard because it's virginia it's very old you know civil war was here like so many different battles were fought in virginia so growing up we would always say like we saw a civil war soldier in our backyard yeah, he was very blurry, so you couldn't see a lot of detail, but you could definitely see his profile, like his nose. You could see the brim of his hat. And at one point, and he's dressed nicely too. Yeah, he was Sorry, dressed really nicely. So when Aiden and my dad went down the stairs, and I remember watching this with my eyes, like they went down the stairs and they both of them like opened up the back door and they turned the porch light on. And like I'm saying, like when they did this, the light in the fairy house, the other patch of lights over on the side and the man sitting in the chair, everything just disappeared at once. Like it all just went out immediately. And even if that was like, even, even my dad put a candle in the fairy house, like the fact that it still went out is still really creepy to me. Like it all just completely went yeah, out. And I don't know vanished. what that other patch of light was. The whole other patch of light was. And at one point we were nothing. thinking yeah. like, maybe there's a guy out there because. Because it was so real. He looked yeah. so real, but we knew he wasn't real because he, he looked up at us. And he would have, if it was a real person, he would have ran away, right? Yeah, it was just very so creepy. It was really creepy. And then it didn't actually end there. Yeah, that following night, like that same night, Alice and I went to sleep. And I just remember Alice was having like a panic attack because she thought there was really oh, yeah, someone I was like, there. I was crying. It really freaked me out. And my room faces the backyard, like where we saw everything. So I'm like laying in bed against that window and I'm like, was so creepy. Yeah, and we were hearing voices that, that night too. Real? It was like similar to what you were talking about that all that noise. I was hearing that like sounded like when you're in a cafeteria or like an auditorium, just tons of noise. Just a bunch of people you hear talking. People talking, talking, laughing, and you can't tell what they're saying. I remember though when we were laying like in bed, we were like hearing this noise. I remember that was the one time that I could distinctly like pick out a voice, like I could hear like a man speaking. And I was getting really freaked out by that because we had just seen something that mm-hmm. resembled a man. So that's like the big story that we experienced because our, my entire family saw it. And so, yeah. Did you do anything weird with the fairy house? Like, So that's actually another thing I should definitely mention. So we were going to... Unknowingly, I mean, I was a little kid. I was just super excited. I was, I was like going and putting little gifts inside this house and outwardly speaking, like, all is welcome. Like, please, like, you can come to this house. And I was saying these things. So I definitely believe this house, I was inviting in what was already there extra. Like, I was definitely inviting in the spirits because it would make sense, you know, like we suddenly all of our attention's out on these fairy lights, but then there's a ghost that just appears in front of us. Yeah. And we were, we've listened to your other episodes about the gnomes and that made me. Yeah. That immediately when we were listening to that, I was like, (laughs) I was was thinking of him too, just now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because when they said how they don't don't really like gnomes gnomes and stuff. She was leaving like food and little gifts for it. Like I was, I was leaving like little presents, but I also was like verbally saying like, you're welcome. Like I I was saying like, please come, like fairies come. Little did I know I was like welcoming in all these like spirits that were already like in the house. But yeah, so. 
I mean, that's the thing that's kind of hard about our story is that we were just having all these little tiny things happening and then like this big thing happened and then it's just everything else that we, we were saying made sense. I guess we didn't really see anything until you started doing the fairy. I would say the fairy house actually was, now that I'm like, because this is like many years ago, I'm now remembering that the fairy house, we started seeing things more after I think that the fairy house had happened. So how how often were you like doing the fairy things? I did the fairy things pretty often. I had a little obsession with building fairy houses. After that, I definitely always felt when I would be making the fairy houses, like a presence around me. I always just felt a lot of energy. Um, I don't know if that's just because I'm a little kid, but I just, I always did feel like lots of energy around me and just that feeling of someone watching you constantly. Can you remember like what exactly you were saying when you were, inviting things yeah i was saying i was saying fairies please come you are welcomed here <laughs> oh, i kept saying and i was saying fairies but i don't necessarily think that that matters even if you're saying fairy i mean i was saying you're i said all is welcome here and i really i was just i kept repeating that over and over again around the fairy house i didn't know you were saying all this <laughs> I, I was i was saying that and i also said that a couple times in the house, when I realized we had ghosts, I was kind of getting excited. And I was also like saying like, it's okay, you could show yourself. Like I was saying stuff like, I was a little bit of a weird kid now I'm realizing. But I, I did say that a couple of times because I was realizing we were seeing things and that kind of excited me a little bit. But Do you think this fairy house has something to do with it? I think it actually does. I think I definitely opened up a portal of what was already living there. I, I think I was inviting... Like, I think, if anything, this whole story to me, like our house, I would say, if it would be titled as anything, I would say it was just a house with a portal because there was just so many different things coming in and out. There was never one specific thing. Um, there were like weird little like hooded creature things. And then there was like a man. And then my dad heard little children and I laughing. I wouldn't even say like there was anything demonic or like yeah, it was anything, anything that I wanted was... to hurt us. Like we still got creeped. Like we felt like someone was watching us, but we never felt like anything was going to hurt us. And even that man that we saw, it didn't seem like he wanted to bot, like hurt us or do anything. Yeah. If anything, it just seemed like they were curious to who this new family was that was living in this house. They were just kind of like like making themselves known or a little bit. Or if it is bit. related to the fairy house, maybe they were like, oh, she said we could come, so they're just hanging out. Yeah, it's funny. Now that I say these things more out loud when I'm talking about the fairy house and then I'm saying hooded creatures, I was probably yeah, just I don't know why me. we didn't think about it until recently. <laughs> I don't know why I did not that. connect the dots right there. But I definitely think that I was inviting something in that was already existing in that whole like area of, I, I don't exactly know if like, if there was a portal where it would have been in the house, I think maybe in the basement, but there definitely was already something there. And I was just sort of welcoming it, wel welcoming it in more. But my, you'll meet my mom tomorrow. She's, she's pretty impressive. She has some stories that are pretty crazy. Um, I don't really, <laughs> like she, I don't even, I feel like I should wait and let her tell her stories, but she... Just let her do it. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode, but we'll be back with part two next week. You know, when Aiden first emailed me, he barely mentioned the fairy house, but by the end of these interviews, I started to really focus in on it. All of these things that the family witnessed are so bizarre and seemingly disconnected from each other or any larger narrative. The only thing that clicked for me while I was hearing all of this was when Eileen started to go into details about what she was doing out in the woods with her fairy activities, building these houses, and essentially begging the fairies or whatever else was listening to come into her life. I know she's a little kid and it seems really innocent, probably is, but I don't know. It would not be the first time on this show 
where something that I thought was very silly and innocent ended up being not so innocent. To tell you the truth, I know very little about fairies. In the United States, most people think of fairies as complete fiction, like literally something from Disney movies and cartoons. However, I am aware that certain cultures have believed in fairies, and those beliefs go back hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. So my thinking is that maybe these things going on in Aiden's house do have something to do with the fairies, and I just don't know enough about the actual beliefs to recognize it. So next week in part two, I'll be speaking with more people about all of these strange events that occurred and hopefully finding out more about if all of that could have anything to do with the fairy house. This has been episode 66, the fairy house part one, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Cobraman. The soundtrack of this episode is by Juice Jackal and North Americans. This was edited by myself and engineered by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Production help by Nikki Kate Delgado and Haley Pearson. Please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends about Otherworld. If you want to hear bonus episodes, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash otherworld. We have a lot of amazing bonus content up there. Our social media is at otherworldpod. That's our handle on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you to the team at Odyssey. J.D. Crowley, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Leah Reese-Dennis, Rob Morandi, Eric Donnelly, Matt Casey, Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. Follow and listen to Otherworld now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Um, picture of what was going on there. I should probably, you think it would be good for me to talk to them eventually? Oh yeah, they, they'd be down too, for sure. Do they have like a vivid memory of it? Like worth, Yeah, okay, for sure. And you said, when was it that she saw the short figure enter your room? She, she saw it in the early morning. I, I want to say it was Christmas day, like early morning. Because um, we we used Chris, Christmas Day. This isn't paranormal, dude. This is mystery solved. Yeah, it was it was an elf. No. It was an elf. Yes. That's what I've been trying to say the whole time. Why'd you email me? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wasting my time with an email? This isn't. Yeah, he was wearing a little red hat. Um, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can end the episode here. <laughs> Figured it out. <laughs>